What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin Colzo. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's a small world, and business connects us all. So buckle up, and let's grow together. I would just like the record to show that this is the second time we're trying to record that intro because I'm sitting here laughing at Dan because he's just sitting there like a Simpsons character in the corner <laughs> staring forward. And he's also dangling his feet off his chair it's, like a child on a bar stool. I will say it's, it is Friday. It's been a long week. It's been the a kid long. is running on E, but we're here. We're doing it. So glad to be back. Yeah, actually, it's, I mean, it's the first time that, you know, I've seen you in two weeks yeah for a weeks. minute yeah because the last yeah the last one was via google Teams. so and then we took a week off and then the one before that was oh really teams. oh yeah yeah jeez it's which by the way i mean we didn't touch on that last week so let's let's talk about that a little bit you know okay we decided you know last week was was the episode with jalen robinson great episode great conversation was really Amazing. a big fan of that yeah. and certainly i mean dan and i are going to do well, Dan already does a lot of work with Bubba, but I'm certainly going to work to get involved. Yeah, he's been recruited, so... <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been recruited. Jalen reached out to me and was like, hey, make sure you come out to some events. We'd love to have you. And, yep. and I actually think that it'd be cool to, you know, do some do some work with Jalen and try to almost put on events with him. You know, I obviously haven't brought this up with Dan or Jalen. I'm just spitballing here. It's something that I was thinking about. Especially with your sports background, too. Like, a lot of kids love football, so we need more people that actually have been in athletics to kind of teach them and show them away. so... It'd be good to have you around for and sure. I, and I think that there's we can do some cool stuff, and we could potentially mm-hmm. talk to Jalen about, you know, putting on some some speaking events out in public to bring people in. And, yeah, you know, awareness. some crowds that he normally wouldn't necessarily reach, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the week before that, you know, we decided to take a week off, and let's touch on that a little bit. Uh, so we were going to record that Thursday. Mm. And then I had to run to Home Depot to get some paint for my house to touch up some walls because my dog likes to scratch walls in the free time, I, I guess. And we walk into Home Depot and, and uh, you know, I think it's karma because I was making fun of your dog and the cancer <laughs> situation, which is horrible. But, you know, we walked in and, and Bailey decided to drop a pile of blood. You know, it, it wasn't. And, and if you don't want to listen to this, you don't have to. But it, it wasn't poop with a little bit of blood. It was blood with a little bit of poop. Oh, man. To the point where the guy in Home Depot thought she had a cut and was, like, injured. Wow. Oh, it was, it was bad. It was that much. And, and I judge how I'm going to treat my dog based on if this happened to me, how serious would it be? Like a broken bone, hey, that's a okay. big deal. All right. But, you know, if she's limping and I don't see any major issues, well, it's, if, it, if she's better tomorrow, cool. All right. Give it two days. Well, exactly. Well, if it came out, if what came out of her came out of me, I'd call a priest and ask for a blessing. I mean, it was awful. (laughs) So bring her into the vet. This is all Thursday night when we're planning on recording like an hour after this all happening. So as I'm on my way back to the emergency vet, because I said I'm not screwing around with this because it looks like my dog's dying. uh, Text Dan and said, hey, we we need to postpone immediately. Man. Uh, They probably love you there at the... Oh my God. I'm funding (laughs) their whole freaking salaries. (laughs) And so I'm like, she's like, well, there's, we could do two things. We can treat it, you know, as anti-nausea and, and see if it's allergies. And I was like, ma'am, it's what we did last time and it's only gotten worse. Jeez. And so she, I was like, just run the panel. I don't care what it costs. I'll figure it out. So she runs all the tests, the blood work, the x-rays, everything. Mm. <laughs> she comes back and goes, so most of those tests came back unsurprising. And I was like... So you're telling me I just paid you fourteen or fifteen hundred dollars for you to tell me absolutely nothing? Correct. No, <laughs> that's Dan's life story right there. <laughs> yeah. And she goes, she's like, well, no, her white blood cell count was high. Mm. 
which is a normal reaction for any infection. Okay. That's what, but white, and a little bit about me, I mean, white blood cell counts being high freaks me out because that was the first sign that my dad's dad, my grandpa, had blood cancer. Mm. His white blood cell count was high. And they're like, hey, something's wrong. So when I heard that, I was like, oh, crap. She was like, okay, so, but the good news is it narrows it down to one of five things. And I was like, what? The first would be Addison's, which is like a hormonal disorder, which okay. they ruled out because other levels were normal. So like, oh, so we're good. So it's one of four things at that point. Mm. It could still be allergies. <laughs> Thank Jesus Christ. But I was, like, I was like, I'm ruling that out. I don't <laughs> care. I don't care what you say. That's wrong. Um, cancer. <laughs> which I'm well, like, of course. Go there. Of course. Yeah. And she goes, but she's so young. She's only oh. a year and a half. She goes, right. I don't think that's a, that's a big concern. Mm. Um, a fungal infection. Okay. And she goes, but, you know, your dog has always lived in Florida, so it's pretty uncommon. Like, if your dog moved from, like, Chicago, where it's not humid as hell, mm-hmm. and moved here, you'd be more likely to see that. But it's really uncommon because okay. your dog has lived here her whole life. Right. Or a parasite. Mm. And I was like, what? So I ran Bailey on a dewormer <laughs> for the last, like, two weeks. And I'm like... Seriously? Right. And then come to find out through a friend of a friend, or not a friend of a friend, through a friend who actually is the person who has both Bailey's mom and dad, mm-hmm. that Bailey's mom is also allergic to chicken, so it could still be an allergy. The hell do I know? So ran around a dewormer, switched her food, she's all fine and healthy, life is grand. Man. But with all that, with work starting, mm-hmm. and... Moving I, too, right? And moving, yeah. yeah. I mean, we moved that weekend, even. Right. So that was on Thursday night. We moved on Saturday. Dan, yeah. like you came over. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Two days right, later. Right. Yep. So just all sorts of crap going on. And I think that you and I finally were kind of like, hey, let's listen to our guests. Let's take a note here from Gabby. Mm-hmm. And let's take a step back. It's okay to take a break well, from it, it is okay. It is okay. It is okay. We almost need it. Like there was no time to kind of record an episode during that week. So. It kind of worked out that we got to take a break. So, I mean, I think the if we put an episode together, I think it would have been crap. It would have, it would have, because it would have been rushed and it would have been, you know, us just trying to get it out there. So, literally. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, kind of came in with, and, and, and candidly, I didn't do any prep for that episode. So, I was going to be completely unprepared for it anyway. There was just so much stuff going on mm-hmm. that I think you and I finally kind of took a step back and we're like, we need this. Yeah, yeah. And we came back strong with the the following week with Jalen, yeah. who we've been trying to line up for a little bit. So he's a busy person as well. So it was definitely you know appreciated that he kind of took time out of his out of his week because it was on a Friday that we recorded a Friday Something night, like that. Yeah. yeah, Friday night. I think. So it was like the last thing he probably wanted to do was record with us, but he made time for it. So it was very much appreciated that he did that. And like for me, I listened to that episode a few times, and and it kind of inspired me. And I just told Justin. Um, today that that we kind of kind of took the time out to you know get the nonprofit I'm working on registered with the state of Florida so one step closer to actually getting it you know up and running um, but it was like that step I needed to take because he said something that really stuck with me like that night and that weekend he was like the thing that motivated him to get started with Bubba was that he saw a need and he and he needed to address that need so he didn't have time to plan he didn't have time to you know, X, X, Y, and Z person to kind of help him out. He just had to get it up and running. So I was like, that's what I got to do. I got to get it up and running. And like everything else would like fall into place. I know that um, my program design is still being worked on. My strategic plan is still being worked on, but there's a need right now to help single parents because you hear stories all the time about, 
you know, I heard one last week that single parents are now becoming roommates together. Whereas, like, you have two different families with kids moving into, like, the same apartment because that's the only way they can afford, you know, to kind of live where they are. So, for me, like I mentioned before, it's like my, my goal with my nonprofit is to start off with providing subsidies for these single parents to kind of help them sustain their current living situation. And then, you know, through financial literacy uh, programs and helping them to sustain like a affordable wage, um, we eventually want to move that single parent into like a, their own home, like buying their first home. So um, like Jalen said, there's a need for what I'm trying to do. So I just had to kind of jump in head first in a sense and get it up and running, get funding and everything else will kind of fall into place. Um, but yeah, that was my, my takeaway from last week's episode. It was a little tangent from what you, <laughs> you were saying, but um, it was very like th that break, we kind of needed that break to kind of get more inspiration, more you know, recharge your batteries in a sense. And, and just take a breath. I mean, we've mm -hmm. been very diligent. I mean, that yeah, was yeah. seven episodes. <clears throat> I think so. Yeah, because last week was eight. Yeah. So, I mean, it was seven episodes. It's just, you know, we didn't get a chance to take a break and yeah, kind of recalibrate. And yeah. It was good. I think we needed it. Yeah, definitely. And I could be off my ass here, so I'm just going to throw this out here. I just thought of it. What's that? When you're looking at your non-for-profit, uh -huh. I would almost throw in tangently thinking like, I don't know why I said tangently. I think you just threw it in there and I was like, that sounds like a good word. <laughs> I would look at almost like buying a commercial property, like uh -huh. an apartment complex, like an old rundown apartment complex, using those to rent those out at lower rates. Yeah. Almost like Section 8 housing. Yeah. Just a thought. Yeah. But yeah. that's, I don't know why I'm saying this on the podcast, but I am. Yeah. <laughs> no, I would love to do something like that. That's definitely a good idea. Just finding a location, I guess, that's in like a good environment. Still thinking mine, like the school districts and everything like that, but that would be like, you know, picture perfect. If I could yeah, be a great world. Like that. In, yeah. your, in your ideal world. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Not like a little shack or <laughs> something in the back of somebody's, you know, house, but. You know, and I mean, that kind of goes with what we wanted to talk about today to an extent. Yeah. Planning and not having a plan. Mm. I mean, you know, Dan and I didn't really come in with an idea of what we want to talk about today. You know, you, you pretty much reached out to me and you were like, hey, did you want to just kind of talk this episode? Right. And I said, yes, but I also kind of knew where I wanted to go with it to an extent. I knew that planning was something that I wanted to talk about because I was going to bring it up on Thursday. Okay. That, you know, hey, I don't have a plan for this and let's just kind of see where it goes. And, you know, life has a tendency to do what it wants to do. Exactly. All the time. And things never go as planned. Yeah. And I think that... That Thursday, two weeks ago, is the perfect example of that. Right. I said, cool, I'm going to go buy paint from Home Depot to touch up my walls, <laughs> and then I'm going to go home, All right. and we're going to record the podcast. It's a great plan. It's nice and simple. Then I'm going to go to bed and go to work. Mm -hmm. Well, plot twist. <laughs> my dog took a turd in Home Depot. I didn't get paint. We didn't record the podcast, and I lost $1,500. Oh, man. So you went to the casino that night. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's there's a saying out there that if you want to make God laugh, like come up with a plan or something like that. So it's like as much as we try to plan as humans, as people, it's like nine times out of ten, it's not gonna go as planned. So it's like, of course, having a plan B, a plan C is cool too, but sometimes you just gotta let what's happening happen, you know, in a sense, and kind of. And I think that that we're we're creatures that like to plan. Oh, definitely. I think people yeah. get very nervous about uncertainty. Mm. Guilty. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, I feel like a lot of times people believe 
that it's important to have that plan mm -hmm. so that they kind of have a roadmap when exactly like you said, I mean, life does what life does. Yeah. You really can't control where you go. Mm -hmm. You know? Exactly. You don't, you can only control what you can control as a person. As, and that's not a lot of things, to be honest. Like, there, it's good to have a plan when it comes to certain things. Like, knowing like, okay, I want to go to college. Or, okay, I want to go to, like, the Marines. Or, you know, start my own business or something like that. But um, there's times where, like, having a plan is kind of gets into the way of, like, letting things unfold as they should, you know? Whether it be like, oh, I'm supposed to marry this person or, oh, I'm supposed to, you know, have this many followers or, you know, live here or move here. Whatever the case may be is like sometimes you just got to let life flow, you know, and kind of go with life in a sense. And, it's, and it's, it's interesting because yesterday and the whole reason I actually kind of wanted to have more so this conversation along these lines is, mm -hmm. you know, I call my dad after work. I wouldn't say every day, but every other or every couple days, whatever. And I'm chit-chatting with him and I'm explaining to him the career path for my position. Mm. And you go from my current position to one promotion to another promotion. And then you pretty much go to the full cycle sale, which for those of you that know sales, you know what that means. And for those of you that don't, mm. it pretty much just means that you're now closing deals, not just setting them up okay. for the, for, to kind of you know, simplify that a little bit. And I told him, you know, where the pay financially kind of sits with those different promotions mm. and my it was like my goal is to be at you know this position you know position x by i think i said 26 and i was like and i can sit in that position for a couple of years and then i'll move up from there and then i finally like took a step back and i'm literally driving home from work and i was like okay mm. but i need to take it day by day like i'm still technically in training mm. in my current position i was like i'm doing really well and I love the job. And I was like, but there's still a lot of stuff I got to learn. Mm. I am already talking about the second step when I'm not even at done, <laughs> yeah. done with, you know, looking right. at the stairs. Yep. Looking ahead. So it was interesting to like, hey, I've got this whole grandiose plan set up mm. when like, you know, I shouldn't even be holding the pencil to write it down yet. Right. So I guess with that, is it good to have goals? Or I guess what's the difference between having a goal and having a plan? Because they almost go hand in hand in a sense. So I think it's good to have goals, and I also think it's good to have a plan, but they're different in a sense, too. Oh, they absolutely are. Right. I think the plan is how you get to the goal. Okay. So your my goal right. would be I want promotion X okay. by 26 years old. Okay. Now, you know, like you learn oh, okay. in school. I see what you're saying now. Okay. Like you okay. learn in school, you have smart right. goals. Mm -hmm. Specific, measurable, attainable, something and something. Okay. I didn't pay that much attention <laughs> in school. <clears throat> um, but you have smart goals. So you have goals that are very specific, mm -hmm. goals that are measurable. So I want to be in this position by 26 years. They're mm -hmm. attainable. Right. You know, I'm not sitting here saying I want to be the president of the United States by 40. Right. There's no shot in hell anyone's going to vote for me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so attainable, uh, realistic. And okay. I have no idea what the T is. I know the T is tricky. I was trying yeah. to think of. <laughs> I don't. I don't think the T is tricky. <laughs> no, the T. <laughs> they have tricky goals. Yeah, I was trying to think of. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but just to have those smart goals, and then the plan is your roadmap to reach those goals. Gotcha. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. You know, and so, or what leads past those goals sometimes. Okay. And I think that the issue a lot of times is that plan gets a little blurry. Mm. You know where. 
we're kind of intertwining things and it's not very clear as to how we're going to get here or what we're going to do when we get there. Okay. So you always lose sight. Yeah. And, and you don't always need to, to have a plan. And the other part is that so many times we're too stuck to the plan or we're too stuck on not. That's my issue. Yeah, and that's my issue. And it's funny because yeah. I actually had someone point this out to me. I don't, mm-hmm. we're not here to talk politics, but there was, you know, Joe Biden, I think it was this morning, finished his line on the teleprompter and literally f- keeps reading, goes end of line, repeat sentence oh, and I said it verbatim. And my buddy shot a text and verbatim goes, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are opposites. Joe Biden can't get off the teleprompter. Donald Trump can't stick to the teleprompter. Mm. And I think it, so not to be on politics, but I think it goes hand in hand mm-hmm. where one is very stuck to the plan. Right. One doesn't give a damn about the plan. So and, which, and you got to find the happy medium. I'm about to say, which one is better, do you think? Than- I don't think there's a better answer. Right. Because, you know, you look at the most successful football coaches. Mm-hmm. And like Dan said, I bring up football because I've played football for 14 years. I live and breathe it. Right. Look at the most successful football coaches. They come in with a plan. Right. A lot of times they script out their first five or eight plays or mm-hmm. four, whatever it is. They come in with a plan. I want to see how you're going to react to this how you shift to this, mm-hmm. what you do to this information, whatever. So those first plays oftentimes are scripted out. But the best coaches can change that script on a flip of a coin. Mm-hmm. You always need to. Yeah. You need to. Yeah. So you, I think you need to come in with a plan. Mm-hmm. So you need to come in, metaphorically speaking, reading that teleprompter. Right. But when the crowd in front of you isn't reacting the way that they're supposed to be reacting, okay. cool, turn the damn thing off, Make I'm going. yep. Okay. That's good. Yeah. So you need to come in with the plan, Mm -hmm. but shit hits the fan. There's, it's inevitable. Mm -hmm. There are, I don't know how many things are guaranteed in life, death taxes and things not going to plan. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So at the end of the day, have the plan, Mm -hmm. but don't be dead set on it. Right. I think that's my issue too. And I'm trying to get away from, especially like starting a nonprofit. I was like, no, I gotta you know finish the program design, finish my tr- tr- strategic plan. <laughs> you can do it if I can say that right. Um, and I was like, I had a plan. I had to do X, Y, and Z before I can get it up and running. To where it was like, like listening to Jalen, I was like, no, nah, I just gotta like scrap that plan and just like just do different things out of order, you know, just to get it all kind of flowing. So that's one of the things I'm trying to work on is like being able to not abort the plan, but make adjustments along the way. And so I think that there's a couple things that come with that. Mm-hmm. Like you said, have a plan in place. Right. Have a rough, penciled-in yeah, idea yeah. of where you want to go. Foundation. Yeah. Learn from people like Jalen. Mm-hmm. So as your plan goes along, hey, I hit this road bump. Where does this fit into my plan and how do I shift the plan to move forward? Right. Learn from the people that have faced these issues. For sure, yeah. But I think the other piece of it's just jump in. I know, I know. I am a firm, firm believer in trial by fire. Oh, we know. We I know. always, hey, look, go listen to episode one. All right. Or the I, podcast alone, you just, it was like, hey, let's start a podcast. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. What so, do I know about podcasts? I still don't know anything. <laughs> Dan still doesn't know how to speak audio. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. You know, so it's, I'm a firm believer in trial by fire. I always yeah. have been. Right. Some people don't learn that way. I'm going to say, where does that come from? From playing sports? Or sports, just, probably, yeah. okay. I'd say. Okay. I mean, when I was... <laughs> You know, and I know my dad listens to this, so he'll get a kick out of this story. When I was in middle school, okay. it had to have been middle school. No way we'd have done this to me as an elementary school kid. My dad was my brother's basketball coach for his mm-hmm. travel team. I was a middle schooler. My brother was three years older than me. Okay. My dad goes, hey, we're short a guy. 
I am in sixth grade. My brother's a sophomore in high school, and I'm playing small forward on his basketball team <laughs> in a competitive tournament. Oh, man. I was a big you kid. You were a big kid. I'm going to say how yeah, I was a big boy. Jeez. And I will never forget for the rest of my life, and I'm sure my dad will remember this, it was right at half court on our sideline. So I'm, I'm right in front of my dad, uh-huh. and we got a fast break. And kind of like in football when you have a crackback block where the guy like turns around and levels a dude, mm-hmm. I had a crackback, and I set a screen at half court, and the dude never saw me, and at full speed ran through me. And I'm like wow. sixth, seventh grade. The dude was 16 years old and just plowed through me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was like my dad's proudest moment. <laughs> but that's also the first time I ever hit a buzzer beater in my life. Really? My first buzzer beater yeah. was playing against dudes in a competitive basketball game that were like three or four years older than me. Jeez. And it was the coolest thing in the world to me because I'm like, I'm a kid. Mm-hmm. This isn't the plan. Right. The plan was for me to go there and be a body and, watch, and get out of yeah. the way. Right. And I said, screw it. This is... I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> Trial by fire. Yeah. And I think that stuff like that kind of led me to it. Okay. You know, it's you know, you do all this training and you do ball handling drills and you do speed and conditioning and lifting and well not at 6th grade, but you do all this stuff to train to be better. Mm. Hey, that's great, but if I sit there and I script out, okay, I'm going to go between the legs and crossover when I go up court. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, but when the dude is covering your left hand, I can't go between the legs because right. the ball will go right at him. Yeah. My plan's gone to shit. Mm-hmm. How do I react? You got to make an adjustment. Yeah. So I think that that's where that mindset has come from. Mm-hmm. Having to be able to adjust in sport, right. just like in football. Hey, that's great. You know, they're, they're, I'm looking at a cover two defense. This post should be right o- open, wide open. Jesus, hell. <laughs> it is contagious. This, <laughs> this post should be open over the middle. Yeah. Well, that's great, but when the safeties roll, and I know that half of this means nothing to you guys, but <laughs> my brain's spinning with football terminology now, but when the safeties roll, the middle of the field's covered, yeah. you can't throw the post. Right. Well, shit, now what do I do? Mm. The best quarterbacks adjust. Right. The ones that don't make fly. it throw the post, get picked off. Mm-hmm. Now, I threw a lot of interceptions when I played quarterback, <laughs> but that's because I went at it like Brett Favre. Uh, I'm the best player on this field, so right. I'm going to throw the ball. Okay. So do you? Okay, I see where you're going. So does confidence come from that then? Knowing that no matter what decision you make is going to be the best, not the best one, but you're going to make it work somehow? So I, I think my confidence came from a couple different places. Okay. Growing up, I played sports with my older brother, mm. which helped me be tougher in sport. It helped me be better at sports because I'm playing with people that are much older and sophisticated and all that sort of stuff. Right. I think the confidence came when I started to have success against them. Okay. Um, but then also just knowing that like the first couple times I did a couple random things in a football game. Mm-hmm. First time I was able to make a guy miss really well. Okay. First time I completed a pass that I never thought was going to work. I just kind of took a chance. Mm-hmm. And then I was kind of like, okay, maybe there's something to this. Right. Maybe maybe I am better at this than I thought. Okay. But it started because I was willing to take a chance. Right. And you believed in yourself. Yeah. yeah in a sense. It's not a, to me, it's not a gamble because I'm doing it. Mm-hmm. It's me. Right. If, it was, if there was any Joe Schmo on that football field, I would say never in a million years should you make this throw right here. Right. But the second I step on that field, I say, screw that. It's me. It's, yeah. I don't need a plan. I like that. Yeah. Well, it's not that I don't need a plan. I have a plan. Right. Like I said, post over the middle is open. Right. But so, you're going to make it do what it do, as Jalen yeah, says. Yeah, I'm going to make it happen, right. <laughs> as Jalen says. Yeah, shout out to Jalen on that one. You know, I mean, I don't know if you can relatively relate to that. You played mm-hmm. sports most of your life. You still play sports with your bum old knees my, my old man knees well i think <laughs> this in my career alone is like 
Gabby touched on it too. Like even when some like even if I got rejected from like a position I applied for, because coming out of grad school I applied for like fifty different jobs, but I was like, nope, apply for the next one, keep applying, keep applying, because I knew like at some point someone would see like my potential and that they know like I'm gonna work my ass off in a sense. Like my first job that I got out of grad school, like I was in there Monday through Friday, probably one of the last ones to leave the office, and like the CFO was like, you're really dedicated to this, and I was like. Yeah, <laughs> I want to make this my career. So, so yeah, like I'm, I'm a sponge right now. So I want to soak in all the knowledge I can. And so I think my confidence just comes from knowing that, you know, I'm a hard worker and I'm going to, you know, work my ass off no matter what situation it is um, and make it kind of, you know, do what I do, as Jalen said. But um, I think that's where, and from playing sports too, is like once you dedicate enough time into, the, say, like basketball, you know, like, oh, I got a nice little jumper. So, you know, if need be... It, we're down by two, you know, I can hit a jumper or whatever. Yeah, you want to be the guy taking the shot. Yeah, for sure. Like, I have that, like, Mamba mentality, like Kobe um, would you, always say. Used, used to say. Yeah. <laughs> tough, tough. I'm, I'm sorry. I make a lot of Kobe jokes. <laughs> yeah. um, but that's, like, my mentality is, like, I want the ball. Like, if there's five seconds left, give me the ball. I'm going to, you know, hit this game winner. And that's with life, too. That's with any endeavor I kind of go into is, like, I know I'm going to kind of make it work. Um, cause that's my mentality and that's where like the confidence comes from too. Um, but I do get caught up in planning a lot, which I'm trying to get away from. So what do you, what do you do? We'll say work mm-hmm. plan goes to shit mm-hmm. budget. You know, you work in finance, so you're right. partly responsible for helping with the budget. Yeah. When your budget doesn't hit the way it's supposed to, what, what goes through your mind? So the funny thing is with finance, you're used to that situation. Like things come up all the time. Like, there will be, like, oh, we have to right size the department's pay. So, we're like, okay, well, that's not built into the budget, so we got to kind of, like, figure it out somehow. So, it's like, when it comes to work, I'm used to things just popping up and kind of having to navigate those issues or situations. But it helps me, like, my mind is like that. My mind goes, I'm like, oh, you need me to do what? I'm like, all right, I start cooking. Like, start, you know, thinking of, like, ways we can kind of deal with that situation. So, I feel like my mind is kind of adapted to that from working in finance because you're always used to you know issues coming up because in finance you're the first department to know of like anything that's happening within the organization or the business um so you kind of have to like almost act on the fly sometimes and there's tight deadlines too um so you kind of always have to adjust to the different situations that you're presented so i think that's the one thing i love about being in finance too um, even though sometimes it can be stressful, but I love when like stuff just pops up and you have like two days to kind of figure it out, if not a day, by end of day. He says that because he doesn't have anything going on right now, <laughs> but if something pops up, he's going to be real pissed off. No, I love it. I'm a, I'm a numbers guy. So it was like, you need me to try to find a million in the budget. It's going to be tough, but I'm going to try to find it for you. I'm you firing know? 14 people, but yeah. okay. <laughs> I'm going to wipe out this whole company, but there's a million. <laughs> you know, so... You touched on the not-for-profit. You touched on work. Mm-hmm. What about life? I, I think you can touch on that very well. Yeah. Your dog had cancer. Certainly, yeah. certainly wasn't in the plan. That oh, four hundred dollars a week wasn't in the plan. Yeah, for ten treatments. Do the math. You know, Plus extra. But yeah, that's and that's another tough thing too that I'm trying to you know work on. I think I touched on it with the uh, mental health episode. Is that. I've always had to be in control of certain situations because I come from like a single parent household. I was a man of the house from like a young age. 
I started helping my mom pay bills at a young age. So it was like I always had to kind of like be, you know, focused and have a plan as to like how I was kind of going to achieve certain things. Um, so I think that 2021, you know, year was a year where God was like, not test me, but kind of show me like, hey, you're not in control of everything that's going to happen. Like, yeah, your dog's going to get cancer. I had like my own health issues. Um, like I said, my um, grandmother died. I started a new job. So there was just a lot of change, a lot of uncertainty. But um, I just took a step back and it was like, everything's happening for me, not to me, in a sense. Um, try to have, like, uh, have a positive outlook when it came to, you know, things that were happening. And so it's tough because I'm like, God, you knew I wanted this to work out a certain way or you knew, you know, I had this plan and maybe, you know, things might work out eventually, but um, just to kind of like live day, like live life one day at a time is like where I'm at right now with it when it comes to, to life. I like, I like the sentence, you know, this is happening for me, not yeah, to me. That's a therapy, a therapy one. So really? Yeah. That's when I learned the therapy. So if it wasn't for that, I'd still be like a, a I'd be like a chicken with my head cut off, like trying to figure things out but that's one thing she said and like she always drops like these jewels and i'm like huh okay yeah, maybe there's a reason i pay you yeah exactly <laughs> like the last five minutes and she'll say something like okay oh yes see you next week <laughs> yeah. but yeah that, that's when i kind of like having it back in my mind you know every day you know because i think that that kind of takes away from and maybe this is personal <clears throat> belief but i think a lot of people will probably agree with me that the world now, and I see it a lot in the U.S., I don't see it a ton internationally, that we have a very, like, victim mentality. Ooh, so much. And, so much. and it goes a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. Gender, age. Mm-hmm. I've seen it race on every spectrum. Right. You know, it, one of my favorite things was talking to Gabby, and you asked if she had issues because of her gender, her age, and her race. Mm-hmm. And she said, yeah, sure, there was a hiccup or two. Yeah. You know, more, I think she actually said more so because of her age, yeah? Yeah. But, you know, she goes, at the end of the day, I'm smart and I know what I'm doing. So either you're yeah. on the right team or you're not. And I think that's like my family. There's a lot of people like that, confident people like that. I think that's where it comes from, too, because that's like my same, you know, thought process, too, is like, all right, like, you're going to pass me now, but I guarantee it at some point you're going to regret, you know, passing up on me in that you know certain aspect whether it be like a job or whatever the case may be but yeah that's that's definitely you know a good one and going back to like how you're saying like we live in a very victimized you know state now i, I was just listening to your boy Stephen bartlett and he had yeah i'm, I'm like hooked now too shout out Stephen uh, bartlett diary yeah. of ceo hey, i know we, you don't listen but i'd love if you did <laughs> we gotta have you on one of these days um but he was uh, who was the interview? It was like a boxer. He was in Creed playing like an actor. But he was talking about how like like you touched on in different like nations, you have like say like kids in Tanzania, they're like dancing, just you know, just to be dancing. And they have nothing, but they're still happy. Yeah, it's raining. Yeah. It, right. And they have like no food and no nothing. Like they live in a hut. But they're you not wearing clothes. They're wearing like a skirt. Yeah. That's all yeah. they got. But you come here in the in the United States and you have like people living like high rises or you know, nice apartments, and they're still complaining about you know their you know stove being broken. The elevator was slow. Elevator is not working. I, I complain about that so much. Yeah, but it's like <laughs> we're, we're we're used to so much. I feel like we're given so much in the U.S. that when you know you look at other um, nations and countries, 
and they just celebrate the small things. So, so this like, is this is an aside. Are you listening to Diary of a CEO backwards or from the first episodes? Uh, backwards, yeah. Backwards. So you're listening to the newest ones. Yeah, uh, you're screwing that up. Go to the original ones. This There's is like a thousand of them. <laughs> so go to the old ones. Okay. I'll show you how to sort it later when we're done. Okay. So if you're listening to any podcast, always listen to the originals first. You can see how they grow. That's why we did ours the way we did. Because if you listen from oldest, or excuse me, if you listen to newest, okay. from newest to oldest for us, you're going to think we went ass backwards and got crappy <laughs> as we went on. All right. Always start at the originals. You can watch them grow. I mean, either way, even like starting from like, you know, new to old is good well, too, because you kind of can see like that transition too. Like, oh, you. Yeah. So well, awesome and that, and Stephen Bartlett also has. You know, has started multi-million dollar media companies, yeah. so he was well polished from the beginning. It right. wasn't like us. Oh man, the way he talks, I'm like, I wish I was. I so, like but you know, I I'm doing it from oldest to newest. Okay. And he had a guest on. I don't remember the guy's name. I'm clueless. But the guy was in India or something. He was traveling there and whatnot. Okay. I think it was India. It was a country around there. I think. Sri Lanka, maybe. I have no. Idea. It's not relatively important. But he found what he calls slum gratitude. And okay. it's exactly what you're referring to. It's these people that are living in literal slums. They're living in houses made of mud. They don't. Their bathroom is a hole in the street. They don't even have a backyard. Right. So when they need to take a poop, they poop in a bucket and dump it in the street. Yeah, I've seen that. That's all they've got. Yeah. And they are, he's like, they are the happiest, nicest people in the world. Yeah. And then you come back to America, or in their case, the UK. And people are pissed off, screaming, flipping people off in traffic. People are getting drunk because they can't handle the stresses of work. Right. I feel like, yeah, one of the, for me, one of the most humblest moments of my humbling. life. Humbling? Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. It's with Tom's and Allen on a Friday. But um, I went to Ghana uh, where my dad lives um, for like three months. And so you get when, to see, when was this? How long ago was this? This was when I was in college, like going into my senior year. Oh, so like 45 years ago? Yeah, like a, a million years ago. Um, <laughs> but I went for like three months and it was like my first time going. And it was like such, you know, an eye-opening experience where it's like, you like you don't have hot water. You don't have like McDonald's or, you know, your Starbucks or, you know, whatever the case may be. But, you know, people just found, like, I would go to, like, say, a family member's house or whatever the case may be. And they would have, like, barely to no food. And they'd be like, hey, you want some food? I'd be like, no, I'm good. Like, we're about to go eat after this. Like, no, eat eat my food. They would literally, literally give me their food. I'm like, you don't see that, like, too much in, like, the United States where it's, like, we're all out for self in a sense. Not everyone, but I feel like most of us are. Um but after seeing that and seeing like there would be kids at the age of like six or seven panhandling when they should be in school, um, you just like learn to take things, learn to appreciate things more, like small things, like I said. Uh, to where I came back, I was like finally had like a hot shower. I was like finally got like a cheesesteak. I was like, man, I, I missed it so much. But it's like at the same time, I enjoyed being away too because it kind of like, told me how to like I didn't have like access to like the internet for like three months and um I just listened to music and my dad and I would just go for walks for like hours almost just because it's all we had to do (laughs) um but it was like such a like a calming experience where like I came back like refreshed I think that year like I got straight A's in like all my classes but it was like that experience motivated me so I say that to say that 
um, anybody that have yet to go into like a different country or have yet to have that experience. Like, I feel like you need to have that experience because it's just going to make you that much more grounded as a person. You tend to like appreciate things more. Like once you go and see like people just celebrating the things that we take for granted almost, you know? So. Absolutely. And, uh, and I think it goes with the whole plan thing. Mm. Those people didn't plan to, to live in slums. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the situation pick, that they're yeah, in. Yeah, you don't pick, you know, how you're born, really. You know, you just gotta kind of ride it out in a and, sense. And you adjust your plan accordingly. Mm. And so, okay, cool. I wound up in this crappy situation. Now, what do I do? Right. I tell you, there was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life, <clears throat> and it was at my driving from my old house, which is just east of Tampa. Uh, I've now moved north of Tampa, just for the record. So it's I was just east of Tampa, and I was driving to go, I think, to the gym or something. So I was driving downtown, mm-hmm. and stop at a little at a little corner at a red light, and I'm turning left, and I see a guy panhandling for some cash. And there's always panhandlers at that intersection because there's a pretty decent homeless population in that little uh, section. For those of you that live around Tampa, it's the Ebor area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was right by the IKEA by Ebor. Okay. So I'm turning left. Uh, to head towards downtown and there's a guy there standing in relatively decent clothes and i'm like you don't you don't look homeless mm. i was confused and it was a, a guy couldn't have been much older than you so couldn't yeah. have been much older than you know mid-30s maybe early 40s at the at the at the latest okay and his sign said fresh out of prison mm. don't need help he was just looking for pretty much just like i don't need you to hand me something out. Right. I'm not sitting here asking you for a $10 bill. Mm. I want a hand up. I love that. I want someone yeah. to help me okay. up. And I will never for the rest of my life yeah. forget that. Wow. Yeah, How humbling yeah. that had to be. Oh, for sure. For sure. But, you know, he's trying in that sense, you know. And I only ever saw him one more time. Oh, and when I saw that. him, I think I gave him a $20 bill. Yeah. And I said, I said, dude, I've been waiting. Yeah, I said I, I don't really spend much cash. I really very rarely have yeah. cash on me, and I held on to that twenty dollar bill for like two weeks, waiting to find them. Oh really? And when I saw him, I was like, I've been waiting, and I was like, I never want to see you on the street corner again. Mm. And not in the sense of like, don't panhandle here. Right. It was like, I really hope you get this going. Yeah. And then I never saw him after that. That's awesome. That's awesome. And it was interesting. My my old roommate owns a landscaping business, and he always said. He was like, dude, he didn't drive that way to work, but he's like, if I ever saw him on the way to work, mm-hmm. he'd pull over, have him get in the, in the passenger seat and help have him mow lawns. Yeah. And I'll pay you 20 bucks an hour until you can get on your feet. Yeah. And that's that's I mean, what it's about. Yeah. It's helping each other out. Like I said before, like the world would be a much better place if we just helped each other out, you know? That's why it's good to like start nonprofits and charities or, you know, be involved in like mentoring or yeah. volunteering. Be involved because, in your community. Yeah, that's it, man. That's it. You just got to... You know, try to make this world a better place, you know, because there's so much pain and hurt being passed around to where it's like, you know, let's sprinkle a little bit of love in there somewhere. <laughs> you, you know, know? And, and I think that we touched on it last week. Mm-hmm. You know, Admiral Willie Mace McRaven, if 10 lives can change 10 lives. Yeah. And my dad actually ran the numbers down. Um, but it was like, if 10 lives can touch 10 lives and those 10 lives touch 10 lives, then in a generation, mm-hmm. it's like... It is so many more people than I thought it was. I don't remember the number. Yeah. <coughs> but I got an email from my dad somewhere that I'm not pulling up right now. It's a lot of people. It's a ton of... It's, yeah. it's like millions right. of people. Or just doing something like, you know... Because it compounds. Yeah. So if, if part of your plan mm-hmm. is adjusting your plan to just 
have a helping hand. Right. And I, I like I've said before, there's a time and a place for a handout. Mm-hmm. For a charitable something to help someone that just can't get it. Right. I'm a huge believer in a hand up. Okay. Because a hand out is handing someone a fish. Right. A hand up is handing like them a fishing proverb. rod and tell them how to fish. Right. Right. Because how does it go again? It's like if you teach a man to Teach a man fish, to fish, he eats for a day. Right. Or excuse me, give a man a fish, he eats for a day. Give a teach a man to fish, he eats for life. Right. Okay. Okay. And if you can teach a man to fish, he can teach other people how to fish. Exactly. And I believe that with work. my whole entire yeah. heart. Mm-hmm. And I think that that really goes with your non-for-profit. Mm-hmm. You know, if you can help single parents, mm-hmm. okay, that's awesome. When you get that first single mom or single dad into that house, yeah. hey, can you help me? Mm-hmm. Let's move forward. Bring them on board. All right. You are... And that's normally how it works. You know, you'll eventually get people that you helped into your organization or your yeah. nonprofit. Put them on the board or put them yeah. on whatever. All right. Because they know the process, mm-hmm. so they can help you refine the process, right. so that they can help to make sure that the lives that you touch from there on mm-hmm. are efficiently and effectively touched. Right. They, there's there's no wasted space, no exactly. wasted capital. Exactly. Yeah. You want to help as many people as possible, so you want to kind of like make things, like you said, more efficient when it comes to the process. And like, I mean, you have a plan for how you want to do this. Yeah. I want to do start here. I got to meet the person. I got to interview the person. Mm-hmm. I want to talk to them, figure out their job, whatever. Right. <clears throat> but when you talk to the people that you've helped, mm-hmm. cool. Now my plan changes. It's mm. just like in sales. You have a call plan. Right. I hate call plans. Okay. I hated them at crunch. <laughs> I don't like them in phone sales. I don't like call plans are script. It's a script. Okay, okay. It is robotic. Yeah. And people know when they're being sold to and people don't like being sold to. Right. People like people. People like conversation, yeah, organic, being personable, yeah, yeah. organic, authentic yeah. conversation. Authentic, better word, yeah. yeah. And that's one thing that I really pride myself on is my authenticity. Yeah. If there's a trait about me that I love more than anything, it is my authenticity. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I was raised to treat the CEO the same way I treat the janitor mm-hmm. and vice versa. There's no two sides to me. Right. If I like you, I like you. If I don't like <laughs> you, you're going to know it. You're right. You know, and there's downfalls to that. Mm-hmm. But where the hell was I going with this? Oh, so the call, there's a call plan. Uh-huh. There's a sales plan. Right. You, you can't follow that plan T to T to T. Every time. Yeah. Because I'm not going to sit here and ask you, hey, what are your fitness goals? Yeah. Well, my fitness goals are you know, X, Y, and Z, but I've got a really bad hamstring. So I'm concerned about doing you know, X hamstring exercise. Okay, well, when we make – so the next step of that would then be go over your program design. Mm-hmm. Well, we do hamstring exercises every week, you know, and that's part of our program design. Hey, yeah, you can't, yeah. hey, dummy! It's, <laughs> I see that it's part of your call plan, a part of your right. your routine for sales. Mm. But when the guy just told you I can't do hamstring exercises because I tore my hamstring, yeah, you got to tweak that. Then. Why didn't you change your plan? Yeah, shit hits the well, fan. No How do you has... react? Mm. There's only two ways, really. Well, there's a lot. Well, of there's a couple of ways. You yeah. change it, you don't change it, or right. you just freeze. I have seen so many people in sales. It's almost always new people uh-huh. because when they if, if they can't correct it, they usually don't stick around. Mm. But people that don't know how to make that adjustment, they don't know how to adapt. Right. They go, "What are your goals?" Well, I'd like to lose weight, but I have a, a torn hamstring, so I can't do hamstring exercises. Well, the next step is to talk about hamstring exercises. So those people freeze, yeah. and they're like a deer in headlights. Oh man! And it is from the outside comical to watch. <laughs> 
But as some, when I first started in sales, I froze in times like that. I bet, yeah. It takes because you're learning. Yeah, yeah, you're you're to, to, toying around with it. Mm-hmm. And in the moment, it feels like you're in that moment for two hours. And it's about mm-hmm. five seconds where you're just like, uh. <laughs> and that's why I firmly believe, and Stephen Bartlett actually touches about this in Diary of a CEO as well. Everyone at some point in their lives mm-hmm. should have a sales job. Mm-hmm. Whether you own a company and are selling it. Or you go directly into a company and have a sales proportion of your jo- sales portion of your job. I think I worded that right. Mm-hmm. Or you're just in the sales department. Yeah. Because the way he talks about it is sales go into everything. It's not just selling a product or a service. Mm-hmm. So it's not just work or business. Sales is how you create friendships. Mm-hmm. Sales mm-hmm. is how you network. Right. You're selling yourself. Right. Sales is going to a bar to meet a girl. Selling You're selling you. yourself to a girl. Okay. Because if I can't adapt to a conversation with a, with a woman at a bar mm. or to a guy that I meet at a bar that I'm just having a conversation, not in the same sense, <laughs> you know, but a, a girl that you're flirting with at a bar or a right. guy that you're, you're like buddy, buddy with at a right. bar. Yeah. If you can't adapt to the mm. stuff that they're saying, who, what are you going to do? All right. The only caveat to that is like liquor or alcohol tends to help in that situation. So... Fine, you know, on, on whose who's end, <laughs> depending on what situation you're in. Um, but but it, it does, you're yeah, right, right. But you have to be able to adapt, and yeah. sales is is a big part of that. Yeah. And so that's why Stephen Bartlett always, I wouldn't say always, I've heard him talk about it once or twice. If someone comes up to him and is like, Steve, I got two job offers, you know, I could be a sales, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like an account executive, or I could be an associate in, you know, the marketing department. Mm-hmm. He almost always will tell them to take the sales job, even if it means making less money up front mm-hmm. because of the life experience that they learn as a mm-hmm. young adult. Yeah. Because it helps you grow. It helps it you adapt. It helps you to network. It helps you to deal with rejection too. Everything. You know what's funny is that in college, I had a telemarketing job. Did you really? Yeah. Yeah. Not too many, not too many people know that, but it, was, and it didn't last long, maybe for like a summer. Dan but, doesn't um, know how to handle rejection. No, at first going into that, I didn't. So like the first person that like <laughs> hangs up on you or like yells at you or call you like an MF or whatever the case may be, you're like, all right, that hurts a little bit. But you know they're not like rejecting you. They're just they know it's like a telemarketing call. Or they had a bad day or, or whatever. You don't know what or like the baby crying or whatever the case may be. So you learn how to deal with that rejection too and be like, all right, well I'm just gonna go on to the next. You know, go on to the next. So like you were saying, it does help with like it's your personal development. I feel like as a person. You know, just handling life as it comes, you know, situations as they come, you know, so. You know, and it's, it's the same thing that I mentioned with training. You go into this with a call plan and an idea as to where you want it to go and what you want to say and what you're supposed to say. Right. Shit hits the fan. Yeah. You get called an yeah, MF. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Sir, I'm still going to try and sell you. Right. Uh, Until you walk out. <laughs> call me an MF for as much as you want. Until I hear click, All right. you're a client. <laughs> you know, and that's, yeah. that's. Well, that's sales, but that's also life. That's life, yeah. You know, it's funny. One of my best friends from back up in Minnesota, and, you know, I know he listens to this sparingly. So, Taco, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. Taco. That's his nickname. Oh, okay. uh, His actual name is Matthew. We never called him Matthew. I only ever call him Taco. Okay. I've called him Matthew, like, twice to his face, and we both stopped. And we're like, what the (laughs) hell just happened? Um, But he literally told me that, like, we became best friends because I just didn't leave him alone. Mm. He was, he's the person where like, he will push people away and push them away and push, but yeah. he's like all of his best friends just 
kept coming back. Mm-hmm. And it was just that persistence right. of, you know, I like that, yeah. metaphorically yeah. of, you know, he called me an MF on the phone, but eh, he hasn't hung up yet. So clearly there's right. still some interest. Right. Yeah, that's cool. Taco went his something some other way, but mm-hmm. he didn't shut the door and lock it. So clearly, he right. wants to. He's cool if I fucking come talk to him. Excuse right. my French there. Sorry, <laughs> but that, I mean that's you handle rejection. Yeah, yeah, I like that because even like um, when I was looking to move into my apartment now, the um, what do you call him? Like the sales agent. Um, even before I moved down to Tampa, he was like I had like came down like looked at different apartments, but. He was persistent, like emailing me like every other month, checking in, like, hey, you still moving down? Like, I have this apartment I can show you, this apartment I can show you. And I was like, come on. At first, I was like, all right, come on, guy, like, relax. But at first, and then I was like, man, this guy is really persistent. So you know he's taking his job seriously because he was like, he wants to get you into like a nice apartment. Even like we checked out a few, and I was like, nah, I'm not really feeling it. He was all right, let me, let's check out some more. Like, I have all day pretty much. So I was like, <laughs> You're the only person I'm talking yeah, right. <laughs> So I appreciate it, though. So being persistent at times definitely helps, you know. And it's it's funny because, you know, Gabby actually made a comment. I don't remember the number, but I think it was something along, something along awesome. the lines of it's like seven touches mm-hmm. before you get a sale. Yeah. You touch that client or that person seven times on average before she gets a sale. Mm-hmm. That persistence isn't going to happen. And if you can't adjust your plan right. to account for steps two through seven, mm-hmm. you're stuck on one, you're never going to get a client. Right. Sure, there's the one, you know, you get the one-offs mm-hmm. where, hey, did you want to buy? Yeah. Absolutely, I'd love to. <laughs> but then you get the ones that are eight, nine, 10, 11 touches mm-hmm. and they still are kind of kicking tires, right. or kicking the can around. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. plans are great. Because like I said, they give you a roadmap. They give you an idea as to what the next step is. Yeah. But when that next step is has whiteout across it, and you, and you can't tell what's written there, right. you got to pencil in yourself. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's good to have a plan. It's like that foundation, that outline. But at times, like you've been saying, you got to make adjustments to that plan, which is you know, something I'll start to think more about as I navigate the different... Things with a nonprofit and trying to get into like investments, yeah, and business and everything business goes with and it. everything, yeah. So that's that's a good one. It was definitely a good topic. And I think we've said plan about four thousand times. I went, my, wish I had a meter. My, yeah. my brain's going numb here. So we're gonna. Did you have anything else you want to talk about? No, that was good, man. That was good. De- definitely All right. beneficial info. And I, since I came straight from work and was rushing out of the house this morning, because I'm an idiot and woke mm-hmm. up late. Uh, I am reading three thousand questions about me on my cell phone. Okay. So we have question 940, which I actually like this one. If you were going on Shark Tank to pitch an idea, who would you want to work with and why? Why is not on there? I'm asking why. Could it be anyone? No, any of the f- four or five. Oh, of the Shark Tank? That's why it's on Shark Tank, dude. Okay. I think it's like any, anyone in life. You could just like, be like, well, if you want to get Kevin investor, Hart, who would the investor be? <laughs> oh, I'd um, say, first of all, I would say Shaq. Get a freaking oh, heartbeat. Oh, or Magic Johnson. Really? Yeah, or Magic Johnson. Why Magic Johnson? Because he has about a billion different type of companies. Really? Yeah, he owns... Shaq does too, but... Shaq is everywhere. I would just listen to like his portfolio is crazy, but Magic Johnson actually on his website has like a list of all the companies that he's invested in. I've from, never heard that. Yeah, from like Los Angeles Sparks, of course you know the Dodgers, of course you know his... um, uh, Like the, the cinema that he has... Um, what else does he have? He has his books, um, other like ventures where it was like restaurants and 
things like that. Yeah, so Shaq um, has like 50 different things between... Shaq has like 125... Different franchises and crap. No, like one company alone. Like, oh, what is it? I just saw it today. I forget, but he has a lot, yeah. He's a, yeah, his portfolio. portfolio is huge. It's insane. So if I had to pick someone, I would pick Shaq. Shaq but let's go with the Shark Tank idea. Okay, yeah, back to, so, <laughs> back to the Shark Tank idea. Plan didn't go um, as, as ideally as we wanted. Probably... Either Mark Cuban or Kevin, to be honest. Really? Yeah, Mark Cuban or Kevin. Uh, Mark Cuban, in a sense, because he's like, he's straightforward, but at the same time, he's gentle. To where it's like, he'll let you know, like, it's a, a dumb would, idea, but at the same time, caressed. he'll be like, yeah, he'll be like, it's a dumb idea, but if you did X, Y, and Z, it could be way better. Whereas, like, Kevin was like, nah, stupid, get out of here, type of, type of person. Um, but between the two, yeah, because I feel like you need both type of approaches when it comes to especially somebody putting herself out there for like the first time is like i've been in my basement like working on this business plan for like 10 years and i finally get like the courage to come up and present it to like the shark tankers i don't want to be like rejected like right out, <laughs> right out the the rip so it's like having someone like a mark come in be like hey it's a good idea but you know make some tweaks to it and come back and then at the same time i, I want to know if it's stupid so kevin be like nah it's stupid it's never going to work you know Go to something else. So, between yeah, I love Marker, Marker, Kevin. So I would actually go the other way. I would say Mark, um, okay. or I actually had to look his name up because I forgot it. Robert Herjavec. Okay. So I agree with you that you definitely need the balance mm-hmm. of this is a dumbass idea, right? And hey, this is not a great idea, but here's what we can do to make it better, right? I do think you need that balance. Mm-hmm. I don't want that balance. And a financial partner whose input is very, very important. Okay. Because I think that that belittles me. And it's not in the sense of like that's a, well, maybe it is a bit of a pride thing. Mm. But it's like, hey, I had this idea and I think it could work in this business. Right. And if he's just like, you're an idiot. Then it sits there and makes me think like, what's my value to this business now? Okay, okay. Now, obviously, there's value to the business, mm-hmm. and there are times and like you need to be put in your place, a hundred percent. I personally, I think Kevin's just a little bit of a dick. I think he thinks yeah. he knows more than he does. Right. He's very successful. But he has this. Yeah, he has experience too. So oh, like, and, and he has every right to react that way. Mm-hmm. He has made more money than I have ever even imagined making. Yeah. But. I like the way Mark Cuban approaches it more mm-hmm. because that's how I'm more, I'm more so managed. Right. That's a dumbass idea. It needs to be fixed. How mm-hmm. are we going to fix it? Right. Not that's a dumbass idea. Scrap it. Yeah. Cause I think that that's more so how Kevin does things. Yeah. Cause that crushes your dreams from what too. I've seen. Yeah. yeah. You see a lot of people get crushed. They're like go out crying. I'm like, I mean, it is a stupid idea, but there's a better <laughs> way to kind of, I mean, put they're it. right. Yeah. It's like, you got a, a tutu on your head. Like that makes no sense. You know? Like, so I think that that's why I prefer the way Mark does things. Cause yeah. it's more of, that's a stupid idea. We don't need to scrap it, but we need right. to change it pretty drastically. And he'll be like, I'll help you change it. Like, I'll help. Like, I have resources to kind of make it better. Kevin would just say, scrap the idea and burn the company to the ground. Right. We're going to liquidate. Yeah. You know? I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Kevin cares about money. And right away, like that quick gain. Where like, I like, think at the end of the day, Mark has other things in mind. He can see the potential. He can see the potential, but yeah. then he also looks at, at different things. Mm. You know, when the Ma- when when the NBA season shut down because of COVID, he still paid all of his employees for the Mavericks. Yeah, yeah. He went out of his way to make sure that his employees were still getting paid. Mm-hmm. 
And we're not, not talking like the basketball players. We're talking about the people we're that work in the stadium. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, so. It's not about the money to him. Right. Yeah, obviously he needs to make a return. Mm-hmm. But he realizes there's people behind this. Right. That's someone I would want to work with. Yeah. And then I talk about Robert. And if you know mm-hmm. Robert Hertzbeck's story, he is first generation, second generation immigrant. His parents came over, had nothing, mm-hmm. like two pennies to rub together. And his dad turned around and lived the American dream. And his dad hit it pretty big. Robert then hit it even bigger. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you're you're li- like your definition American dream. Right. You're an immigrant that had two pennies to rub together, and you guys, your family, turned their lives around. Mm-hmm. I want to learn from that. Right. You came from rags to you came a lot lower than I did. You were rags to riches. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not rags to riches. I'm green grass, nice backyard. Right. But if you can do it, cool. Where's my ceiling? Right. And it feels that much better once you do accomplish it. Instead of like, you know, getting it overnight or like, you know, everyone's on Instagram to kind of like hit that, you know, influencer mark. But it's like, as I see in you, like you're willing to put the work in and grind to kind of like, you know, once you do get that to once you, go, once you do get to that point, you know, it'll feel much better because you put the like, sweat equity in to, oh, absolutely. you know, get into where you are. So, And I think that there's a piece of Robert's story that almost even goes with this episode. Okay. His parents came to America. With a plan? No Th- plan? There couldn't have been one. What's, okay. what's your plan? We the have American two pennies dream. to rub together. The American dream. Well, that's, that's great, but you got two pennies to rub together. <laughs> so, you know, they had a goal. A goal, okay, okay. But there's... How, how the hell are we going to get there? Uh, I'd almost say they had a, a dream. They had the American dream. Okay. They didn't have a, a, a goal. I think a goal, like I said, has to be attainable and realistic. And okay. clearly it was, atta- it was attainable somehow. Yeah. But there was no plan to do it. Right. You're, you're an immigrant with no money. There is no plan for you to make money. Mm-hmm. You, you just got to shoot from the hip and hope something sticks. Yeah. And they did it and it worked. And so he is and his family is like the definition of... Plans go to shit. How do you react? How do you make it work? Okay. And do you give up or do you, you know, keep yeah. trying? You, know? you put your head down and go right. or do you just sit there and cry? What was me? Exactly. So I think that that's another piece of it that's like, hey, that's something that I want to be around. Mm-hmm. But that's why I say Robert and Mark. Okay. Personal opinions. Yeah. Obviously, they're all very successful and make yeah. me look yeah, like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would take working with any of them if yeah. they're listening. Yeah. Yeah. That's like one of my favorite shows to watch. Oh, I love it. Oh yeah. my god, it gets my brain spinning. Yeah, likewise. I'm like, man, what maybe what can I make right now? And it's- How did I not think of this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Alright, guys. Uh this is episode nine. Episode nine, yeah. It has been an absolute blast. We love doing this for you guys. Right. So you know, we got a special guest coming on next week. Really excited about that one. It should be a good conversation. Um don't want to spoil who it is, but uh I've had a couple conversations with him. He's had a handful of businesses in the past, so should be some good content coming up next week, too. Hopefully, you guys like this one as well. Looking forward to it. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Check us out on IG, TikTok. That's it. Everywhere, yeah. Yeah. We're out here. In listen, streets. subscribe. Leave a review for the podcast if you guys yeah. listen to it. If you guys like it, you know, at the end of the day, I don't anticipate being on Spotify's top 10 list. But Sunday. That's, that's a goal. That's okay, a We got a plan to get there. It's a dream. <laughs> it's a, it's <laughs> a dream now. Wouldn't say we got a plan. Yeah, we got to make it, make it a goal. Then. <clears throat> but... You know, make sure you get subscribe, rate it, leave a comment. You know, tell me the sky is blue. I'll tell yeah. you, right? Sky is blue. You know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know if you want us to talk about anything too. Yeah, yeah really. We would love topics. input and ideas from you guys yeah. that we can kind of chit chat about. So if you have any small business owners that we can interview or have in a pod, yeah, let friends, us know. family, whatever it is. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks. We'll see you all next week. Peace.